0: Hello and welcome to this, the Talking Dogs podcast. I'm Graham Hall and I've been working with dogs and their lovely people too, of course, for well over 10 years. Now you might know me as the dog father. Perhaps you've caught me on televisions, dogs behaving very badly. The TV show clearly makes people realise that they don't have to suffer in silence, that there there is a way to deal with whatever behavioural issue their dog has, because afterwards, I get so many requests for advice. And now I get to bring you the answers directly on this podcast. By the end of this, I promise you'll have learnt some new ideas that'll make sure neither you nor your dog have to fret about anything. Today I want to think about what dogs see as their space, their home. Later on, we'll hear from a couple of people whose dogs have become particularly territorial over what they consider to be their kingdom that they rule over. But first... Warren sent me this voice note about his imminent house move. Hi, Graham. We have an 18-week-old white German shepherd and we'll be moving house in about four weeks' time. Can you advise what we can be doing or looking out for when we move to make this as least stressful as possible for her? Any help or tips would be greatly welcomed. Thank you. Hello, Warren. Uh, Well, I don't know where you live, but um, you sound quite a bit like me. Uh, I reckon you're a Yorkshireman. Well, the first tip is don't move out of Yorkshire. Uh, obviously I made that mistake They won't let me back in I lost my passport uh, Jokes apart um, Great question It is a weird time And dogs often do start to behave oddly And it's not just on the day of the move because uh, you're going to spend the next four weeks sticking things in cardboard boxes, aren't you? More than likely. Things just aren't normal. So the best you can do during that period is to act normal, right? As we all know, famously, moving house is one of the most stressful things you can do. But if you look stressed and anxious, then it's going to rub off. So it's a little bit like, you know, don't argue in front of the kids. Well, don't look stressed in front of your dog because she will pick up on it and go, yeah, things are changing around here things are going in boxes what's happening she doesn't understand you can't explain it in in doggy german you know all you can do is is put across a kind of it's fine it's normal it's okay for the day of the move if you can i would take her out of the equation if you've got a friend that she could stay with i'd pop her across there maybe even the night before would be Good if it's somewhere she normally stays. Say it could be your parents or something like that. And then, once the move's sorted, you know, the removal guys have gone, um, you found the kettle, you found the tea, a particular kind of tea, of course, and uh, things have got to some sort of new normal. Go and pick your dog up, bring him back, introduce him around. Now, The first thing she's going to want to do is check this place out. So you can't just let her go. If you think she's likely to be jumping up and damaging things, you know your dog. Pop her on lead if you really must. But let her just check the whole place out. Uh, So I would go, you know, round the garden. That's fine. You know, all around. If you're going to let her upstairs in the house, and I don't think there's a right and wrong to this, by the way, I typically tend to make it the rule that actually upstairs you don't go downstairs is fine i would take them upstairs the ones and walk them around and go there you go that's what's up here and then you kind of downstairs and it's like from then on in you're not going there kind of thing but give her a chance and then she can settle and then if it's time to feed her great because that's you know old dogs love food take her for a good old walk i know you ain't got an awful lot of time on that day it's a busy day but do find the time to take her for a good old walk again around the neighborhood and all the rest of it and bring her back and one final tip when you move house and this applies to when you rehome a dog that that wasn't yours previously yeah? they do have a habit of trying to escape and find out where the old house was. They kind of want to know the geography and understand where the old place was in relation. So it's not unusual for dogs to try and get back to their old house so just be conscious of that if she hasn't jumped fences before she might now um so just watch her like a hawk when she's in the garden my dad who was a teenager during the second world war they they lived in a pub in selby in uh, in yorkshire north yorkshire's premier market town i'll have you know um (laughs) they had a german shepherd funnily enough who got rehomed and i'm not sure why that happened that was lost in the mysteries of time and i can't ask me dad anymore but the dog was taken to garforth which is oh probably the best part of 20 miles away uh, maybe not as a crow flies from selby and two weeks later that dog appeared on the door of the pub so nobody quite understands quite how dogs can do this there are various theories that have been put across over the years but the truth is even the experts uh, we don't quite know how they do it a bit like pigeons you might say but they do and it's likely to happen when you move house So obviously we want our dogs to be really comfortable and happy in their surroundings, but sometimes the balance can be tipped too far the other way and they become, well, very protective over their immediate environment. Now that's something that Jane is dealing with.
1: Hi Graham, my name's Jane. Uh, I live up on the North Yorkshire coast with my 22-month-old Labrador called George. He's become very territorial about the garden and people coming into our house. So just to explain a bit, we have a bed and breakfast. So our part of the house is at the back. The bed and breakfast bit is at the front. We've got no problem with people going into the bed and breakfast section. But as soon as somebody goes to step foot in our bit, he goes absolutely bonkers. We had builders in today and he was going absolutely mad. Barking, lunging, jumping up. Uh, I had him on the lead and I took him out of the area, and then uh, slowly brought him back. But he was just so over threshold; it was untrue. He wouldn't accept treats or anything. Any help would be greatly appreciated. Thank you.
0: Very good. Well, uh, thanks for uh, this. This is the um, well the Yorkshire edition of um, talking dogs, isn't it? I, I think we should go back to the beginning and and start again. Now then. Welcome to this Talking Dogs podcast. I'm Graham Hall, and I've been working with dogs, and they're lovely people too, of course, for well over ten years. Now they might know me as Dog Father. Perhaps you caught me on telly, on dogs behaving reap badly. <laughs> and we're back in the room, with me doing me slightly posh version of a Yorkshire accent right no you've got a proper problem there haven't you? it's an interesting one jane i've worked with a couple of cases where people had a bed and breakfast or a guest house and the dogs were barking a bit or being a bit of a nuisance or, or whatever and interestingly they were from from the west country right up to scotland i can think of so it's not uncommon i think what george has done is he's quite clearly understood that there's certain boundaries and it, it's kind of based on what's normal so he's kind of gone right well nine times out of ten these people come in they're fine i'm okay with them they're in that bit there's the front garden daddy but they never cross this line so uh, when something happens that's not normal he's just struggling to cope with it you know so he's like no 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 these these aren't the rules you know i i think part of it might be getting him used to it so i don't know how easy that is in your particular place but in general terms if you've got this kind of problem it really is about sort of um if people are okay with dogs and they're fairly steady then asking them in and letting him get i think on lead is fine but don't just this is hard to explain by the way but here we go Uh, If you hold on for dear life and just pull, pull back, pull back, pull back, it's a bit like that sort of police officer training a police dog to go and run. You hold them back to make them rev up, right? On the other hand, you can't just let them terrify the person so there is an element of sort of controlling them a bit on the lead but just be aware that you don't want to get stuck in this sort of like constant dragging back because they'll just pull against you make it worse so i would introduce people particularly if they're pretty steady with dogs um i reckon the chances are your place is probably dog friendly if you're a dog person yourself so if they were to sort of come in and just explain what you know what they should expect so come in he's going to bark he's fine you know i'm assuming he's not going to hurt and wait for him to just simmer down. When he simmers down you should praise George not them right? because that might be a step too far so I think if you get yourself inv- involved in a bit of a shouting match with him it's probably going to make it worse it's interesting that you say over threshold that's a phrase that uh, I wonder if perhaps you bought me book all dogs great and small because I talk about that in there when dogs get past a certain level of excitement they lose the ability to think straight, and arguably so do we so don't rev him up don't get involved in a shouting match match it just takes time waiting for him to get used to it he backs down you go oh, good boy that's fine and then in stages you can get people to actually come in and and maybe even give him a treat he's a labrador so there's a good chance that a treat is going to work with him but not while he's hyped up he won't even think about food while he's too excited Let's talk about the tradespeople thing because we don't all run a bnB and b but most of us have got a tradesperson coming in at some point. So sometimes prevention is just better than cure. You know, if there's somebody going to be coming in for, for a day to fix the washing machine, let's say, then it might be just easier to get your dog out of the way, you know, put them out the back or, you know, around your friend's house or something. Um, I'm, I'm all in favour of practical <laughs> solutions but there are times when, you know, you're going to be building a new extension and these guys are going to be in and out for the next six months. And then it really is just a case of getting them used to. People come, people go, it's fine. So you staying on a level, nice and calm, but teaching your dog in that way I've just described to you, Jane, to get used to people coming and going in the area is the way forward. So it's always tricky when you get territorial things, and some dogs are worse than others. So if you get a really feisty, high-energy little dog, I'm thinking Terrier here, there are times when it's just like, you know what, it it would take longer than you've got to build the extension to get the dog used to it so sometimes it's just a case of look you you know once it's built they're gone they're not going to be back maybe you just ride the storm and keep him out of the way you know so if you are going to try and fix it that's the way to do it don't lose your head keep calm yourself reward the good behavior and always use a reward that your dog appreciates they're not all food orientated but jane i reckon your labrador probably is Interestingly, I think I'm seeing a lot more of these kind of problems since um, we opened up from the lockdowns. Um, For a long period of time, nobody came into our houses, certainly no strangers. So dogs just didn't get used to it. And even for older dogs who'd had a life before the pandemic, they can react in very odd ways, you know, when the first time a visitor comes in. So doing my work, I've often been very recently the first person in the door for a year. And I worked with a a, a lovely chocolate Labrador. who was just a steady old plodder of a dog. I mean, he had problems, but not these kind of problems. But when I walked in, he was really scared. He's like, oh, he oh, you know, <laughs> took himself away. They're like This isn't like him. He's friendly with everyone. But that's what it was. He, he came out of his shell and he was fine. Some dogs don't react like that. Some react in an aggressive way. You know, it's the fight or flight thing. So I think since lockdown, for that reason, because they just haven't seen it, it's, more of a problem and if you had a dog that was a puppy at the beginning of the lockdown their whole life has been nobody came past this point so that's how they decide what the boundaries are well you're not alone jane uh, emma is having a similar problem with her 11 month old dog chase now chase is part german shepherd part lab part border collie and part mastiff now that's quite the mix isn't it um, now emma's email reads like this we've had a plumber in the house the other day and so i had chase in a different room on lead i did some training with him and rewarded him when he wasn't barking that's good but every time i moved a bit closer to where the plumber was he just started barking again mm-hmm. so after about 45 minutes we're in the same room as the plumber he's lying down This is the dog, not the plumber, presumably, and relaxed, but still on the lead. (laughs) I'd be really worried at this point if it's the plumber. He's fine with people that he knows come into the house and in the garden. And also, if we meet someone and go for a walk, he doesn't mind them coming into the garden after that. That's interesting, isn't it? But obviously, I can't do that with everyone. For example, when a delivery person comes, I shut him in a room whilst I accept the delivery. Will he ever be okay with meeting people politely? Interesting so yes quite a breed that mix so there's a bit of guarding in there um there's a little bit of running around and herding them the border collie bit and Labrador as well they've got quite a deep bark so kind of perfect storm first things first top marks for doing what you did i, I thought that was spot on and that's pretty much what i would have done so i'd have started if necessary in a different room if you got the lead on him you have a bit more control because he can't just run around and run amok and you're focusing on the positive you're rewarding him When he's not barking that's great and then once you've got it at a certain distance you're then going okay try again and every time you've moved closer you've had a problem again i wouldn't be disheartened that kind of proves it's working really and then you go through the same process so 45 minutes great i I think often people try things for five minutes and go oh to heck with it this ain't working they give it up it takes time you know so lying down relaxed but still on lead in the same room as the plumber that's a big improvement in one in one sitting if you like the trick is to introduce other people into the house and go through a similar process every time so if you get friends who haven't been around for a while then you know bring them in give them a cup of tea and then just go through that again and again one person won't be enough to retrain your dog like every situation you've got to do it again and again so one way to think of it is if you're a driver when you learn to drive and change gear how many times did you mess up the gear change right, before you got it right if you're anything like me probably you know it's in the hundreds isn't it so you know one plumber uh, won't fix it so emmy you're also talking about going out for a walk with your dog actually and and he's fine with people on a walk that he makes and then you can bring him into the house yeah it seems odd, doesn't it? But actually, it's perfectly sensible. Uh, he's gone outside. It's less of a, a you know a pressure cooker environment. He's not enclosed. It's not his house. He's not being territorial. So he just goes, oh, hello, you're nice. i will walk with you. Yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. You're chatting to the mum. Everything's fine. You're not on edge either you know because when somebody's come into the house our body language tends to sort of leak out that like i'm a little bit on edge thing you know you start looking out the window and looking at your watch and that sort of stuff and oh, what's wrong with that something's gonna happen and you build it up you don't know it so you're out and walking everything's fine the introduction to that person was oh it's fine things are good everything's cool and then when you get back to the house nine times out of ten, you can walk straight back into the house and the dog goes well you know it's fine you're on the list you can come in yeah that contrasts with what happens when there's this great big build-up and then the person arrives and then there's an explosion you know as your dog sees this intruder walking into the house where the dog already is. You see the difference? So there's a clue in that. If it's somebody that, let's say it's a friend of yours, you haven't seen them for a while, they're coming for the weekend, meet the person outside, go for a walk and bring them back to the house. I'd use that to your advantage. When I'm thinking about dog behaviour, I'm always thinking about nature and nurture. So there are all sorts of things that dogs learn in life, the nurture side of things. Or if your dogs live through a year of lockdown, nobody ever um, visited when they suddenly do. it's It's a case of what they didn't learn. They didn't learn how to behave in that situation. No examples of it. But nature plays a big part as well. So we're always looking at genetics. And I've seen studies recently that suggest that, you know, when you look at dog behaviour, it's probably 40% or more nature, you know, genetics and and tendencies that were inbuilt with them. And the rest of it is what's learnt as a rule of thumb i've always said it's it's kind of 50 50 but it it depends from dog to dog they're all individual so the old kind of question that's always posed by psychologists you know behavior is it nature or nurture well it's not a case of one or the other well you know what you might call a, a false binary it's actually both it's always both to some extent so chase is interesting because he's he's a german shepherd so we always think of german shepherds as being uh, very loyal dogs powerful dogs guardian dogs police dogs potentially that kind of thing but actually there's also a clue in the name shepherd as a sheep dog and i've seen them in germany actually uh, as we use border collies here herding sheep so both the german shepherd part and the border collie part of chase is kind of like hang on it's my job to sort of round people up and get rid of the intruders you know you don't want an intruder in your feel full of sheep do you so there's a bit of that going on labradors well he's part labrador they vary a lot um, and it often comes with colors so they've got different sort of tendencies but um you know, usually pretty friendly but they've got quite a big uh, big bark and the mastiff well you know again a big strong powerful guardian dog and what comes with that and i don't know what chase looks like i've got a picture of him but i can imagine it so mastiff big border collie medium labrador on the big side german shepherd being right so he's probably quite an imposing dog so i've discovered that if i big it up people back off right? which is good. So I'm gonna do that more and more. So quite often you get this with the bigger dogs. Great Danes, who very often are great big softies, sometimes they learn that they can big it up and people look nervous, which kind of gives them a bit of a kick. So that might be going on as well. So that's a classic nature. Genetics made him look that way and nurture, he learned to use it to his advantage, kind of mix up. Well, thank you so much for being here today on, well, what turned out to be the Yorkshire episode of Talking Dogs. Who knew? Um, If you've reached the end of your tether with your dog, do send an email or a voice note to talkingdogs at avalonuk.com. And as always, I'll do my best to help you in an upcoming episode. Now, I'd love it if you'd rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. And that way you can make sure you'll be back here in time for the next episode. It's so lovely reading those reviews and finding out how you and your dog are getting on after trying out some of the advice. So until next week, take care of yourself and, of course, your dogs. Bye for now.